Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 346. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news, Twitter's ex-head of security, Mudge, released a searing whistleblower report saying Twitter leadership was willfully negligent in dealing with security issues. This caused Twitter executives to attack Mudge directly, which was stupid. And in the newsletter here, we've got uh, more information on this. We've got the direct link to the report, and we've got some of my analysis on this which was basically you don't attack Mr. Rogers when he finds a flaw in your morality. Mudge is like super respected in the industry and basically everywhere he goes, including in the government. And uh, for Twitter executives who are known to be sitting on pretty much a soup sandwich football bat, for them to go after him, try to impugn his character, this will only make them look worse. The Twilio breach keeps growing or at least our knowledge of its impact. It's now affected Okta's one-time MFA passwords, Authy credentials, now DoorDash, and many other services. I think it was like 130 customers. What we've learned is essentially, one, phishing still works. Two, 2FA attacks cut really deep. And three, we need to move to passwordless. So we're not actually shuttling around these codes and tokens that can be taken. LastPass announced a breach last week that included loss of source code. And I said on Twitter about this, it's not whether you get breached, it's about how you handle it and adapt. It's essentially like, what is the quality of the announcement? Is it humble? And do they have a credible plan for adjusting and getting better? And uh, a friend of mine, Chris Hoff, is over there. He just took over. And I, for one, am confident that uh, they'll turn things around. Iranian hackers are using Log4j as part of a lateral movement strategy within Israeli targets. Microsoft detailed TTPs for the Umbrella Threat Actor, believed to be part of the Iranian intelligence apparatus. Over 80,000 Chinese-manufactured Hikivision cameras are available online and exploitable to information leakage via a 9.8 severity command injection flaw. Bellingcat found another Russian spy. This one living in Italy, kind of like that um, German Harris, who was like a fake rich person, kind of like that. But uh, they opened a high-end jewelry store in Italy and basically became a socialite. And they started targeting NATO officials and evidently very successfully until Bellingcat blew it open. Plex also had a breach and this one exposed usernames, emails, and encrypted passwords. And this is a streaming media company. And a lot of attacker groups that used to be heavy on Cobalt Strike are increasingly moving to the Silver C2 framework, which is actually created by Bishop Fox. This is a red team framework that Bishop Fox created to help red teams do security testing. And I imagine they're probably getting a lot of crap right now around, uh, hey, why are we seeing your tool pop up 
you know, it's being used to successfully attack people. And that, that's the thing about these security tools. This is the debate that will not die. I mean, you have things like Nmap, you have port scanners, you have vulnerability scanners. They can be used to find vulnerabilities. And this is a C2 framework. So it's even more extreme on the attacker side. But if you don't have these things, uh, then it's much harder for blue teams or red teams, blue oriented red teams. So in other words, good guy attackers to attack their own stuff using similar tools to what attackers have. So it's harder for good guys to improve their blue teams if they don't have good red team tools. So I generally support uh, companies like Bishop Fox and, and other people putting out these types of tools. It can get extreme. It can get too crazy. Like for example, NSO and Pegasus, that is like, can't really make that argument there because it's clear what their motives are. But in this case, it, you have to support companies like this because blue teams only get better if you have good guy red teams going after them. The Pentagon is warning that China will surpass us in space unless we take unified coordinated action now. And when I say us, I mean the U.S. I am U.S.-based. Vulnerabilities. Got a critical Bitbucket server command injection via HTTP. A rare 9.9. Normally these register in at 9.8, but 9.9 in this case, and a high vulnerability set of issues, actually multiple Cisco product advisories. It's fair to say we're all on high alert when it comes to protecting our sensitive data. Having to wait an average of more than 180 days to identify a breach on your network is both unsettling and unacceptable. Enter Critica Security. Its zero-day detection technology detects zero-day attacks immediately, at the time of injection, the time of infection, and when dwell time begins. It's zero-day detection not in hours, but in 180 seconds or less. Schedule a demo to see how Critica is the missing piece of your detection defense. And you can visit the site at criticasecurity.com ul to schedule a demo. Technology news. It looks like we're about to have satellite phones on our regular mobile phones. It's rumored that Apple will announce something like this soon. And both SpaceX and T-Mobile are already talking about it as well. Basically, you can't use it indoors. You have to go outside and your phone will connect to a new generation of satellites, which are already being launched. And you'll be able to do low bandwidth things like voice calls. You won't be able to do video. That would be probably hard anyway because of latency, but... Yeah, you could do voice calls, you could do some basic text messaging, stuff like that. But yeah, satellite phone on your mobile phone. That's insane. And Google is releasing a new RSS reader. I don't know if it's going to be standalone. It looks like it's going to be Chrome-based, so it's like a Chrome window that you're using. But I think reader was like that too. can't actually remember. It's been so long. Why did it take them so long? to respond to all this feedback that everyone loved Google Reader and they killed it off. Like, I just don't understand how they don't listen to customers, which is why the day that Stadia got announced, I basically tweeted out, um, yeah, I can't wait to see the closing down announcement. And that's very cynical, but this is the reason. They don't listen. They don't listen to customers. They don't have like true product management, in my opinion. They have engineer-led management of products. And that's why the UIs are so horrendous. And that's why 
they spend all this money and time on things and end up shutting them down because they're not properly designing and listening to customers. Anyway, I hope they do something cool with this RSS reader. I do believe RSS is coming back and it's great to see Google getting in the game. There's a third major player in the AI art generation race now called Stable Diffusion. Its biggest difference is that it's open source and it tends to be more like Midjourney than Dolly 2 in terms of ease of good results. But um, got a link here in the newsletter to read more about it, uh, the actual link to the tool so you can try it out. And this really cool Twitter thread comparing Dolly, Midjourney, and Stable Diffusion outputs using the same exact input prompt. Overburdened restaurants are starting to use voice bots to take orders. First of all, it's scalable when like 65% of restaurants say they don't have enough people. And second, bots are consistent. So no matter how crazy things are on a Friday night, you know, they're going to respond uh, in a very calm way. Ethereum's migration to proof of stake is set to start on September 6th with an end date between the 10th and 20th. Quite a long window but the upgrade will make it much cheaper and faster to use the network, which proponents hope will dramatically increase adoption. Human news. The U.S. Central Bank chair said he's going to have to keep raising rates for the foreseeable future to keep inflation in check. And this crashed the markets last week, but better that we take the hit now than we're surprised later, I think. And uh, looking at the charts, it looks like uh, things are already coming back Monday morning. So better to be transparent, I think. The U.S. is going back to the moon, starting today with the Artemis 1 mission. Basically, uh, phase one is we'll launch an unmanned probe around the moon, which is this one. Then we'll take humans around the moon. And then somewhere around 2025, we're actually going to land humans on the moon again. The U.S. is pushing to make all research publications open to the public. Publications already had to release within a year, during which that time they were behind a paywall. But this new legislation like enhances that and requires them to open access immediately. I think this is fantastic news. California is banning gas cars after 2035. I think everyone uh, hopefully can agree Elon does have some issues, but I'm thankful to him for almost single-handedly making this tight of a pivot possible. Like you ask people in 2019, uh, if we're going to outlaw gas cars in California, they would laugh at you. And here we are just a few years later and it's going to happen. We pointed the James Webb space telescope at Jupiter and it produced some amazing results. I am producing some of these, uh, high res out, Output ones and sending them to my favorite uh, metal prints shop to have a couple of pictures for the wall. And Uhura's ashes are going into space on a Vulcan rocket. That is amazing. Content ideas and analysis. Quiet quitting. This is a new trend that's big enough to have a label, which is quiet quitting. And basically, it's doing the absolute minimum that you have to do at your job to avoid burnout and or to preserve your mental health. What's interesting is that companies like Meta, Apple, and Google are claiming that people are doing this, which is why they're getting more strict on standards and trying to push people into physical offices. 
So I think companies are somewhat correct in identifying that this is happening. And, you know, this is a real behavior. I just don't think bringing people into the office is the thing that's going to fix it, right? You need some other way to motivate people, which should be through like the quality of their work or uh, rewarding or aligning them to a vision or getting them excited or treating them well. Um, I don't think bringing them into an office and like being the office space manager over their shoulder, holding a cup of coffee is, is really going to be the solution to this. I think it's just going to make it worse, which is why so many people are pushing back against going outside. I also think this is highly correlated to the great resignation, perhaps as an alternative to quitting or as the step right before quitting and got a link here to the TikTok video that kind of got this whole conversation started. And the last pass breach, I don't use breach or no breach as my metric for trusting a security vendor. As I talked about before, my metric is around the quality, transparency, and humility of the announcement and the follow-up that comes after. Nearly everyone has been hacked. The only question is whether or not they know it. Notes, I have a bookshelf in my living room that I'm turning into my top 50 books display. So it has two purposes. One, I want to be able to start conversations based on those books, which won't be obscure things that I've never read, right? Like I'm not trying to look smart by having some random obscure title there. These are going to be the actual books that I have read and they're my actual favorites, which means I could talk about them for hours. And second, I want to walk over there at any time and be able to pick one up and reread it. So rereading is like a huge criteria for this. I'm even going to orient it towards the best rereads towards the top or the more frequent rereads. I want to be at the top and just have that go top to bottom. Something like that. It's going to be cool. And we were talking about it in book club, uh, this Sunday and, uh, evidently it's going to include a picture of the bookshelf itself. And this will be a member post to have the full book list and, and the picture as well. And I'll be putting that out soon. Had a great book club, uh, speaking of that, not because we loved the book. The book was, uh, eh, wasn't great. It was hard to get through, but the conversations that erupted afterwards, uh, after talking about the book and selecting the new one, which is by the way, um, the war of art and another one by that same author. But, uh, anyway, we picked the next one and then we had great conversation for like another 40 minutes. And, uh, we also talked about a bunch of the plans for additional UL activity uh, around the community, uh, additional virtual meetups, physical meetups, possible conference, etc. So that was exciting. I ordered my first drone, which is the DJI Mini Pro 3, and I got it so I could do some aerial photography stuff that I've always wanted to do. I started looking at the um, first-person view ones, FPV where you're actually flying around inside the thing because you're wearing goggles, but the battery life was too low. So I went with this other one. And if anyone knows how to get birds to visit your bird feeder, let me know. I have a bird feeder and it's very lonely. Discovery. Recon. This tool is amazing. It's by Luke Steffen's uh, colleague in the recon space and uh, just fantastic. So it allows you to distribute your scans across multiple systems without spinning up extra boxes. 
It uses a queuing system to manage the tasks taken up by multiple workers and then sends the output back to the calling source. So my buddy Ben Binmead has an awesome tool for doing this as well. It's called Axiom. And it does the same thing using new cloud instances. But this method runs the commands directly on pre-existing boxes. So the question is, do you want to spin up instances or do you want to have existing boxes sitting there listening, ready to take commands? So it's like two different ways of doing the same thing. Really cool tool. Um, this one called HackScale by Luke Steffens, also known as HackLuke. Next one here is um, Silver, the Red Team Framework by Bishop Fox. Emulates real-world attackers for testing of the Blue Team. Includes dynamic code generation, compile time obfuscation, multiplayer mode, and tons of other features. And Vision 2. Parses nmap XML output and looks for CVE information, basically making nmap a rudimentary bone scanner by Cooler Void. And finally, for tools, CLI security, shell clear. Find and clean up sensitive entries in your shell's command history. And this is by Rusty Ferris Club. Full name. Next one here using Touch ID or your Apple Watch to authenticate sudo on macOS. Got a strong Twitter thread here discussing the COVID threat model for eating indoors. Lots of detailed analysis here. Some stunning images of Iceland's volcanic activity from above. Manga on-site ML interview questions. Manga, by the way, is the new name for Fang because Facebook is now Meta, which means the F is now an M. So people switch it around, so it's called Manga now. Or at least that's what I'm using. Zuckerberg went on Rogan and uh, things were said. Worth listening to the whole thing. Tyler Cohen's approach to reading a lot is ARR per employee, the acronym of APE or APE. Is it the killer metric? So the amount of recurring revenue that you have divided by the number of employees you have. Seems like a pretty solid metric. And my buddy Joseph Thacker, Res Zero, on how to increase your luck when playing Bug Bounty. And he starts off with fuzzing, really good Twitter thread. And uh, Twitter thread by Tim Tyler, one of my favorite people ever, who um, did a Twitter thread about the freshwater crisis, pointing at a bunch of articles and quoting them. Really good Twitter thread. And the recommendation of the week. Go through your reading list and purge the ones that you tried to read but couldn't get into. It is okay to quit books. Stop feeling guilty about it. Purge your list, bubble up the most important things to the top, and dive back in. And the aphorism for the week. It is what you read when you don't have to that determines what you will be when you can't help it. It's what you read when you don't have to that determines what you will be when you can't help it. Oscar Wilde. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.